Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Why Me? I'm your host, Jake. In this episode, I talk about mindfulness meditation, mindfulness philosophy, and how it can apply to our day-to-day lives. Listen to this episode if you want to learn how mindfulness can benefit our mental well-being and how we can practice being more present. Enjoy. In the last episode, I talked about Buddhism. The goal of Buddhism is to alleviate this third type of suffering, which is pervasive or self-inflicted suffering. The reality is that in life, we are going to face events that we have no control over. However, we do have control over our reaction to these events. There are times when our inner critic attacks us and makes our suffering suffering even worse. Buddhism is aware of this and seeks to stop it. Mindfulness is the way to practice that awareness and seeing your thoughts merely as they are, just thoughts. When we watch our thoughts and are aware of them, we cultivate a detachment from what we're thinking and are able to free ourselves from this self-inflicted suffering. So first, you know, what is mindfulness? Everyone seems to be talking about it these days, but what really does it do? Mindfulness is a form of meditation, but I've also interpreted it as a, as a form of life philosophy in a way. Being mindful means being fully aware of what you are doing. This can be your body, thoughts, emotions, and basically everything that's going around you. So oftentimes we get into the state where we daydream and our mind jumps to the future or to the present or to the past, sorry. And mindfulness is just about being in the present and being fully aware of yourself in this moment right now. There's actually this really good quote that is related to depression and it says, depression exists in the past and anxiety exists in the future. And so I think that's a good introduction to this podcast because that's saying that if you're in the present, you can only be with what is right now. So here's a little quote from this book that I found. It says, mindful awareness occurs when we learn to pay attention on purpose in the present without judgment to things as they actually are. Now that's kind of a handful, but it emphasizes some of the aspects that I wanted to talk about. So I read this book called mindfulness, eight, eight weeks of mindfulness for finding peace in a frantic world. And each week they talk about a different mindfulness practice and then gives you, you know, what type of practice you're supposed to do that week. It's a great book for anyone who has the time. I really suggest it. But if you don't have the time, I want to present some of the ideas from the book and how you can apply this to your daily life. So what's the relationship between mindfulness and suffering? Mindfulness offers us a way to disconnect ourselves from how we are feeling and instead watch our thoughts go by and acknowledge that they are merely thoughts and not things that are actually occurring in our life. Oftentimes what happens is we get caught up in our thoughts and this makes us anxious or depressed, and this leads to a downward spiral. For example, it's funny, today I was at work and 
I'm trying to think of different jobs that I want to do in the future, next summer, the summer after, the summer after, and then my career. And at first I started thinking to myself, oh, you know, maybe I should do this job next summer. And then I think, oh, but what if I like this one more? And then what if I like this one more? But then what am I going to do the next year? And my brain started going into overdrive and started accelerating to, you know, five years in the future. And what will I be doing? How will I use my experience? Will it be something I enjoy? Blah, 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 blah. And in that moment, I started feeling anxious. But when I was in that downward spiral, I was able to take a step back and say, hold on a second. I'm sitting at work. This isn't happening to me right now. This isn't something that's even happening tomorrow. And so instead, I watched the thoughts pass on through my brain instead of reacting them in a, reacting to them in a way that made me feel anxious. So this idea is really powerful when it comes to eliminating this third type of suffering that Buddhism talks about, which is pervasive suffering. And then finally, as a differentiation between, you know, mindfulness and the normal state that we're usually in where our mind is wandering. Mindfulness makes a distinction between the doing mode and the being mode. And oftentimes we are in the doing mode. When we're at work, we have to be doing something, focusing on something and working towards a goal. So this is characterized by being on autopilot, analyzing certain issues, striving to achieve something, seeing our thoughts as real avoiding things that we don't enjoy, mental time travel all over the place, etc. However, being mode is the opposite. Being mode is sitting and just being in the present and being who you are in this moment. And so in the being mode, we're not doing anything. We're not trying to achieve anything and we have no goals. We're just being who we are and what we are. And so some of the characteristics that are part of the being mode are conscious choice to be present, sensing what's going on around us, accepting whatever's happening, seeing our thoughts as events, and approaching the difficult things and being present with them. Finally, I, as kind of the introduction to what mindfulness is, I wanted to talk about some of the myths about mindfulness. So first off, it's it's not a religion. I'm, I, I would say I'm not a religious person. And it's not something that requires you to believe in a higher power or anything similar to that. You don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor and hum and put your arms out. And I'm doing that now, but I mean, no one can see. So that's not, you don't have to do that. It doesn't really take a lot of time. And as I said before, you can also find a way to implement this into your daily life without actually sitting down and doing a formal practice. And finally, it is not complicated and there really is no success or failure. You can't fail at mindfulness because as I said before, in the being and doing mode, in the doing mode, yes, you can fail at things, but in the being mode, there is no success or failure. Those entities don't exist. You're just being with what you are. And so that's something that I think people get really wrapped up in because they're practicing mindfulness and they think that the goal of mindfulness is to make your thoughts disappear. 
And when that doesn't happen, they feel that they're a failure. But that's not what mindfulness is about. It's not about achieving anything. It's just about being with your thoughts. And often a byproduct of that is that our thoughts disappear and our mind becomes relaxed. But that is not the intention. Then I just wanted to talk about a little bit of the effects, the positive effects that mindfulness has had and some of the studies that have proven this. So studies have shown that it boosts your mood, makes you more happy, makes you overall makes your improves your overall well-being. Uh, it can prevent depression. It positively affects your brain in helping you deal with stress and anxiety. There's other type of benefits which states that your memory can improve. You can increase your stamina, both physical and mental, reduce chronic stress, better relationships, help with chronic pain, bolster the immune system, reduce your mortality rate by 30% in in the rate of cardiovascular mortality and cancer. And then finally, an eight-week mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy course actually decreased depression and relapse by about 40 to 50%. So I always like to give in some facts just to show the real power that mindfulness can have. But as I said before, if you're going into mindfulness with the goal of seeing these benefits you know, you're more likely to not continue with it because the real power of mindfulness is about being present with whatever is going on. And all of these benefits are often a byproduct of practicing and that mindfulness muscle, but they're really not the intention because if you sit down and intend to clear your thoughts right away, that's not going to, you're not going to, it's not going to work out. So now that I've given a little bit of an introduction, you know, how does mindfulness help with suffering with mental health? So to talk about this, we need to understand a little bit about how the brain works. As I've said before in the Buddhism podcast, there are going to be really awful, terrible things that happen to in life. And the reality is that we don't have control over any of the bad things that happen to us. But what we do have control over is our reaction to those events. So often what happens is if something bad happens to you, you immediately try and prevent that thought or get rid of that thought or prevent that bad mood. And that makes the thought or the mood actually grow in strength. And so when you counter these things that are happening to you, it makes them way harder to deal with and actually builds up their power. This means that you're in the doing mode. And so what would happen is maybe you're feeling really sad one day and you start, your brain starts becoming in the doing mode of why am I feeling sad? I should be happy. Why am I not happy? What's wrong with me? And that turns into a downward spiral. However, on the other hand, if you're in the being mode, then you would say, okay, I'm feeling sad today. That's okay. It's temporary. It's going to pass. Instead of trying to run away from it and be scared of it and make it grow, I'm going to lean into it and be good to myself. And so that's really the mind, the mindfulness philosophy that requires a large shift because Our brain is wired to analyze all of the feelings 
and things that happen in our life from a very doing mode perspective. And so you have to try and shift that. And that's what mindfulness really does. You know, we all have that inner critic who is always inside criticizing us, telling us we should be working harder, we're not doing enough. And mindfulness allows us to label that inner critic and say, oh, there's my inner critic, instead of being wrapped up into it and being overwhelmed. And finally, it just offers us a way to take power away from our thoughts. If we can recognize our thoughts for what they are, which is passing, fleeting events in the mind instead of true events that are happening around us, that can really make a positive difference in our lives. So as I said before, you really can't stop bad things from happening, but you can stop this downward spiral by taking a step back and saying, okay, I'm having a downward spiral moment. My thoughts are rushing under control. You know, I'm just going to watch them instead of engaging with them and letting my brain just keep running. And so there are a couple of analogies that have been used to explain this. And the one that I really like is involves rushing water. So imagine that you are in um, rapids and you're floating down the rapids and all around you, let's say that there are a bunch of leaves for the sake of the argument, and each leaf has a thought that's going on in your head. And so let's take me as an example at work. And so at work, I am starting to feel really anxious and I have all these thoughts that are going through my head. And so I'm in that rapid, I'm in the middle of it, and all my thoughts are whirling around around me and it's getting worse and I'm getting thrown down the rapids and I have absolutely no control over it. And I'm wrapped up in it and I think that this is real and I think that, you know, tomorrow I'm going to have to decide what I have to do for the rest of my life. And then finally I took a step back and said, okay, wait a minute. These are just thoughts. They're only temporary and they're passing through. And so by doing that, it's as if I waded out of the water and went and sat on a rock or a beach and instead I watched my thoughts go down the rapids and I didn't engage with them. And so instead then I was sitting on the rocks and I was watching my thoughts as they go. I would label the thought as, you know, that's an anxious thought. I'm saying, what if that's an anxious thought or that's a, a depression thought or, you know, there's my inner critic telling me that I'm never going to find something that I really enjoy or I'm good at. And so you start labeling these thoughts that come out of you and you realize that there aren't reality. And so by sitting there on that rock and watching my thoughts, I was able to put things into perspective, but also take all the power away from my thoughts. And then sometimes what, what happens is, is we're okay, we're back in the moment, we're watching our thoughts, we're doing what we're doing. And then, you know, the thoughts go again, and our brain starts racing again. And that means that the water has pulled us and we're back in the, the water. And that's okay. A lot of the times when we're in that situation, people get mad at themselves. They say, I was trying to do this mindfulness thing. It wasn't working. I'm back and I'm overwhelmed and it's not working. And so then all you have to do is wade out of the water again. And every time that you do this, your mindfulness muscle, which is a muscle that you have to train just as if you would exercise. Every time you do this, your mindfulness muscle grows. And so regardless of how long you stay on the rock and actually watch your thoughts, It's the amount of time that you pull yourself back 
to that observer perspective that actually makes your mindfulness muscle grow and makes it easier next time to recognize where you are feeling. And so that is something for me that's taken a lot of practice. But now I can easily recognize when I'm caught up in the middle of an overwhelming situation and I can pull myself back. Whereas a year ago, that was more difficult. And so to cultivate this, I would suggest doing mindfulness maybe 20 minutes a day. I'm going to attach a YouTube video that I really enjoyed, which gives that analogy. And if you can read the book, I would highly suggest it and do the eight-week course. And you know, if not, then just try and be as mindful as you can in all aspects of your life, whether you're walking down the street or you're listening to music, be fully present with what you are doing. And to me, not only is that a good way of preventing your thoughts from overpowering you, but it's also a really great way to appreciate life because you're living in the moment and appreciating everything that's going on around you. So, you know, one roadblock that might come up was as you're trying to do this is you may feel sit down for 20 minutes and your mind just starts racing and it's not working and you feel that you're a failure. But remember that first of all, this isn't a reality. It's only a thought. And second of all, that you can't fail at mindfulness. You can't fail in the being mode. You know, let's say that you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, I have so many thoughts, I can't control them. I failed. Take a step back and watch that thought say that, oh, I failed. And so this is not a sign of failure either. This is another opportunity for you to practice and exercise your mindfulness muscle by taking yourself out of the situation and watching your thoughts instead. Because you really can't fail at mindfulness. There are no goals. There's nothing you have to do. All you do is be present with everything that you are thinking, feeling, and taking an air of curiosity and non-judgment to your experience. So just as a closing thought, if you have time to read the book, it's called Eight Week Guide to Finding Peace in a Frantic World, said the title right now. If not, I would try this 20-minute um, YouTube video that I'm going to attach, listening to it maybe you know four or five times a week. And if that's too much, then just practicing mindfulness whenever you can. Maybe wake up in the morning and brush your teeth and be fully mindful of all the sensations instead of being on your phone or multitasking, doing all these things at once. Because we have a tendency to rush through our day and then we don't really know where all the time's gone. But if we are mindful with everything that's going on, not only will we appreciate life more, but we'll feel more relaxed and calm. And finally, just remember that all of our thoughts are temporary. They are not real and they will pass. This is something that's taken me a really long time to realize But once you do, and once you practice it, because it takes practice, it makes a big difference. I remember when I was, I was, I was doing tutoring last fall for uh, a tutoring studio. And, you know, sometimes I'd be in the middle of a tutoring session and I'd start feeling really anxious or depressed and my thoughts would start just spinning under control. And so I would take out a piece of paper and I would write, my thoughts are not reality because they're not. And even though in the moment They feel so real and they feel that they are you. They are not. And so cultivating a detachment to your thoughts and how you're feeling 
is really powerful and hopefully what mindfulness can help you do. And once you do that and you realize that these things come and go and they're not real, the power of your thoughts disappears and you can put an end to this third type of suffering that's self-inflicted suffering. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed recording it. I mean, I always enjoy recording the episodes, but especially this one, because I feel that I'm getting a better hang of this whole podcasting thing and learning lots along the way. I will talk to you next time. This podcast is produced in collaboration with CFRC.ca in Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Infrastructure support for the CFRC podcast project is provided by the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information or to get involved in podcasting, visit podcasts.cfrc.ca.